Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's in peace, my brother. Grace and peace, my Grace, brother. Grace and peace, then. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm good. So that, that was good. Like, how cold is it out there? Well, it's not that cold. It's about 47. Did y'all have that, that ice ice thing going on out there? No, uh-uh, we didn't. Did you all get any of it? Mm-mm, no, it's 41, though, and I was out there trying to get them. Well, you know, my wife, she just don't, she don't tell me. She just kind of heads at it. Ooh, them leaves, they really, they something else. They don't come to the whole yard, ain't they? <laughs> 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 I'm just not finished getting all them leaves up. Wow, you've been working hard. Oh, man, oh, man. Yeah, well, you know, I, I kind of blew a, lo- a long time, and I just finally just cranked the lawnmower up and just mulched them up. To mulch them up? Yeah, you know, just just cut them up with a lawnmower. Yeah, yeah. It was four four to one degree. That's that's you know, going with that lawnmower and that little that little piece of wind. It was cold. It was cold. Yeah, forty one is cold for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm trying did to you, find did that. You get... I got it, but Go I you know, I said I'm gonna I was gonna I said I'm gonna get this yard done. Then I'm gonna go and study. But I got I said, well, I shoot, I just got finished. I was trying to get to it before before I came up here. Yeah. And I'm sorry I sent it out so late, but this is something that I'm making as I go, so you know. You ain't you ain't heard nothing. nothing shoot. I'm learning it as I go too. I, I don't mind. It, as long as I get it. Get something to follow along, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What y'all doing out there? What do you mean? What are we doing? You got the you got the Christmas tree up yet? No, I don't have the Christmas tree up yet. Do you? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna we got about thirty seconds. We're gonna start here. All righty, we're going to begin. And I'd just like to open up the Bible study tonight with Psalms 139 and 8. And it says, if I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. So it says to us that no matter wherever we are, God is there. There's no place on earth or in heaven or in hell. There's no place that we can hide from God. And what's comforting about that is that even if I 
make my bed in hell, I can find him. And so no matter how deep we go into darkness or no matter how high we go into grace, God is there. So we thank God for uh, the comforting word of his presence. And so as we begin our Bible lesson tonight, we want to thank God for his goodness and for his mercy. We want to thank God for his grace. We want to thank God that his truth endures to all generations. We thank God that his truth extended even unto my generation. And we thank God that um, we're entering into his courts with praise and into his gates with thanksgiving. Uh, We're thankful unto him and we bless his name for he is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. So we're going to begin our lesson. I sent you the lesson sheet and uh, we're, we're studying prayer tonight, but on last week we studied uh, unforgiveness uh, and we completed that lesson. And I just wanted to reiterate that as my brother uh, Kevin Rhodes, my brother Kevin Rhodes was saying that unforgiveness kind of separates you from God. And that's basically all that that lesson pertained to was that unforgiveness separates you from uh, the grace and the blessing of God. And we understand that uh, the power of unforgiveness can inhibit us from growth, can inhibit, inhibit us from living, can inhibit us from life. And so we understand that if we're going to be successful and if we're going to practice positive thinking, we have to remove negativity from our subconscious, which is inclusive of, of unforgiveness unforgiveness can hold you down for years. And the thing about it is sometimes we don't really realize that we are harboring unforgiveness. And as the uh, lesson sheet said last week, we are like whited sepulchers, but on the inside, we're like uh, dead men's bones. That means that on the outside, we look good. On the outside, we look like we have all things together. On the outside, we look like we are wonderful and we're praising God, but on the inside, we're like dead men's bones. And so he uh, associated uh, 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 um, the Pharisees with being hypocritical in their way of life because uh, like the tombstones, they're beautiful on the outside, and but on the inside, in the houses that they made to bury uh, the dead, the outside was beautiful, but on the inside, it was nothing but decay. And so we find that unforgiveness uh, brings on decay, does not bring life. And so, um, as Les Brown says, to achieve something you never achieved before, you must become someone you have never been. And as we study in the lessons before, when the rich young ruler came to Jesus and asked him, you know, what must I do to receive eternal life? Uh, Jesus said unto him, uh, you know what you need to do. Keep all the commandments. And he said, I have done all of that. I have kept all of the commandments. But Jesus said, there is one thing that you lack. He said, go and sell all that you have and give to the poor, and then you'll receive eternal life. And so what God was requiring of him was to stretch a little beyond himself. You know, sometimes we... um, seem to be accomplished, we seem to have reached a a perfection in our life, especially as we get older. 
Uh, I noticed that my husband and I seem to be becoming very comfortable in our lifestyle. But Jesus is asking him to go beyond your comfort level. Yes, you have uh, 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 accomplished uh, learning how to deny yourself and keep the law of God, but God knows the heart, and he knows where we find our identity, and that's what he's requiring of us. He wants all of us. And so he found the place where this rich young ruler was where he had his identity. And so he said, go and sell your identity. Go and sell who you think you are and then and give to the poor, and then you can follow me. And so to achieve something you have never achieved before, he wanted to achieve eternal life. He said, you've got to become someone you have never been. So you've got to go beyond where you are, especially in your religious walk, especially in your, in your uh, salvation, especially in your relationship with me. If you want to achieve greater things, you've got to become something greater than you are now. And so um, I want to talk to you about the power of prayer. Uh, prayer uh, as your first bullet point, I think, on your lesson sheet says, changing mindsets by the power of prayer. And we want to go to Acts, the 10th chapter, and the 9th verse through the 28th verse. I wanted to ask you to read the entire chapter, but I assumed that as you were reading uh, uh, 9 through 28 that you would probably read more. So let's go to Acts, the 9th chapter, the 10th chapter. On the morrow, as they went on their journey, and drew nigh. Okay, hold on, city. hold 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 on one minute. Hold on, let me. I'm trying to find it. I can't find it. Acts, the tenth chapter. Acts, ten. Okay, nine. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go right ahead. On the morrow, as they went up on their journey, and drew nigh unto the city, Peter went up upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Okay, I want to lift up I want to lift up that he went up to pray, okay? Sometimes we overlook that he went up to pray. Okay, go ahead. Uh-huh. And he became very hungry and would have eaten, but while they made ready, he fell into a trance. And and saw heaven opened and a certain vessel descending upon him as it has been a great sheep knit at the four corners and let down to the earth, wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. And then came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill, and eat. But Peter said, No. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have not never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice spake unto him again and second time, what God hath cleansed that now, that calls not thou common. That y'all, you can't call common. This was done thrice, and the vessel was received unto the, uh, unto, up again into heaven. What was that last verse you wanted to go to? Well, let, let's let's read let's read up until twenty eight. 
Now, while Peter doubted into himself what this vision which he had seen should mean, behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius have made inquiry from Simon's house and stood before the gate. Okay, let's stop, right here for, let, let, let's stop right uh-huh. here for a moment. So, so here we find Peter has gone up to the housetop to pray. And then while he was praying, the Lord began to speak to him, began to minister to him, and there came down a sheet, I think it was a sheet, that was full of uh, wild beasts and creeping things. Huh? Yeah, a sheet that had knitted in four corners and let down to the earth. Yeah, it was full full of animals, okay? And a voice came to him and said, rise, Peter, kill and eat. And so as we understand, Peter was of the Jewish faith, and the Jews did not really eat meat. They didn't eat pork, and they didn't eat all kinds of animals. And so Peter is saying, not so, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice came to him and said, what I have cleansed, call not thou uncommon. And this was done three times. And so what's happening here is that, I hope I'm not going ahead of myself, is that Peter now is getting a transformation of his thought process. Remember I was saying to you about your subconscious, whatever is in your subconscious drives your behavior. And so you have to change your convictions and beliefs uh, before you can transform your behavior. And so here in prayer, the Lord is ministering to Peter and going against what's in his subconscious, going against what's in his traditional way of thinking. And he's saying, I want you to get up and eat. And he said that, no, I have never done this. But while he was doubting in himself, and we're going to read a little more, uh, Cornelius came looking for him. Now, Cornelius was a Gentile. He was not a Jew. So he came looking for him because the Lord had given him uh, instructions to go and find Peter. Okay, continue reading. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Now, while Peter... Yeah. Now, while Peter doubted in himself what the vision what, which he had seen should mean, behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius had made inquiry from Simon's house and stood before the gate and called and asked whether Simon, which was surnamed Peter, were lodged there. While Peter thought of, on the vision, the Spirit said, said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. Arise, therefore, and get thee down, and go with with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Okay, go ahead. Then Peter went down to the men which were sent unto him from Cornelius and said, Behold, I am he whom ye seek. What is the cause wherefore ye are come? And they said, Cornelius the centurion, a just man, and one of the fierce of God, and of good report among all the nation of the Jews, was warned from God 
by by a holy angel to send for thee in thy in this house. And to okay, hear let's get down to twenty eight. Come on down to twenty eight. And he said unto them, You know how that it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come into one another, one another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Okay, so this is the gist of the lesson, that Peter, uh, in prayer, has had a transformation of his thought process. Uh, he has had a transformation that the Jews and the Gentiles are separate because he went into prayer. And so my point is that the uh, mindset can be changed by the power of prayer. Amen? And so in order for God to use Peter, he had to change his convictions. He had to change his fossilized thinking. If you have ever met someone who is uh, gung-ho about not eating certain foods, it is difficult in, in, in sharing with them that everything is clean because in their mind, no, they cannot touch pork and they cannot touch certain things. And so you have to leave them because in their weakness, you can, you can hurt them by trying to make them go across their, their convictions and make them sin, okay, because anything that is not a faith is sin. And so God has changed the conviction, the mindset of Peter, and he has changed his fossilized thinking. And so this was done by the power of prayer. And so I'm saying to you, beloved, that if you really want to achieve something different, you've got to become someone you have never been. And so Peter now is becoming a new person. His whole paradigm, his whole mindset is changing. And so I'm sharing with you that prayer is what happens. Prayer is what makes this happen. Prayer is what changes the mindset of a person. So there's no such a thing as a person becoming a Christian without touching base with God. There's no such thing as a man being transformed and being renewed and being born again without a, a, a touch of God, without communicating with God. And prayer is so vital. Uh, like the gentleman said, what must I do to receive eternal life? And he said, you've got you've to go and sell all that you have. And so basically, if we want to receive the abundant life that God is requiring, we've got to do something that we've never done before. And sometimes we don't realize that we have fossilized thinking until we get into prayer. And I bet you Peter was not even thinking along the lines of this particular paradigm. He was, it hadn't even come close to his thought process that he was thinking crazy about uh, the uh, Gentile nation, but God knew how to reach him and knew the language to speak to him. And so, beloved, if we're going to do something that we've never done before, we really need to get in prayer so that God can change uh, our fossilized 
thinking because we really think that we are thinking good and we really think that we are fine. I'm sure that Peter, when he went into prayer, did not think that there was anything wrong with him thinking uh, not eating pork because that was the tradition. That was, that's what he had been taught. That's what he had been taught in worship that we don't do such a thing. But God was sharing with him that this is something uh, This is something that I am doing. I am calling what I've called, un- what I've called, what, don't call unclean what I have called common. Don't call common the things that I have cleansed. And so he's saying that the Gentile people are my people, but God, but Peter had to go into prayer to have that mindset change. Okay, any questions, any thoughts along those lines? Have you ever been in a situation where you thought that what you were thinking was totally right and then you came to find out that it was actually wrong? You said something about um, um, God reaches you in your in your I guess like in your personality place, it's kind of the, the kind of the armor that you put on every day, and it's the you know, that 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 reality that you live in, and that's something that you put on every day, and you and that's where God actually He sees it all the time, but you you know you put it on because that's how you deal with the world, and that's where and it's I guess it's a subconscious place because when you walk out your door every morning, you have this. Um, personality kind of thing that you have to put on to deal with the world. Uh, but that's, that's how you deal with things. And, um, and I think that everybody has that. But just to, to realize that that's where he has to touch you at in order for you to, to understand or, or to even change, to, for you even, to even see uh, a different side of things. Because when you, look, when you put it on, that's how you have to deal with stuff. And uh, unless, you, unless he can touch you in that place, you, you're not even going to see it. Absolutely, I agree. And that's a song we used to sing when we when I first got came to the Lord and that was surrender. I surrender all. I surrender everything that I am. I surrender everything that I think. I surrender the armor that I put my that I cloak myself in every day. I surrender to your way and to your will. Yes, absolutely. And so 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 yeah, I, I heard this gentleman say on this past Saturday, he had this affirmation that he was quoting, and I asked him to text it to me, but he hasn't texted it to me yet. But basically, he was saying that that the God will, will meet you in your experience, and all of us have different experiences. And even though we can be living in the same house, uh, going to the same job, doing the same job, we experience life from our own separate paradigm. We experience life from our own uh, way of interpreting life. And I heard this woman say that we are a living document. Each, each one of us is a document that can be read, but because we live in the same environment, we all come up with different documents. And so Christ meets us in our experience. And so that's what he did with Peter. He met him according to Peter's design, according to his 
the armor that he put on every day. He put on this armor that, you know, when I'm a good Christian, I'm a good Jew, Jewish person, I do not eat these un, unclean animals. But God had to meet him there. Absolutely. Anybody else? Anybody else? Okay. So we want to go to our next bullet point, and it says that prayer, and I didn't want to take too much. I'm not going to finish this lesson tonight, but we can pick it up next week. But it says prayer must be according to God's will, okay? So when we're praying, we want to go to 1 John, the fifth chapter, 14 and 15. Somebody get that. Brother Rose, seems like you are on it tonight. I might have given me a Bible with some bigger words in it. <laughs> oh, I got some bigger that. glasses. Some bigger glasses. What to do? <laughs> okay, fifth chapter fourteen and fifteen. You said chapter fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, no, first John, the fifth chapter. 14 and 15. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Um, Amen. And if we uh-huh. know that, and if we know that he hear us, what Whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. All right. So thank you, Sister McLendon. Uh, And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And so first of all, when we're asking, it has to be according to his will, okay? And, and if we know that he hear us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. And so first of all, we have to know that whatever we're asking is in his will. Uh, let's turn to John. This just reminded me of John. I think it's the 15th chapter. Uh, John, the 15th chapter. Yes, John, the 15th chapter. And it reads, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. It says, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth fruit, bringeth forth much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, 
you shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. So here it's saying that in order for us to really receive uh, answers to prayer, that we really need to be in the will of God. We need to be abiding in him and Christ abiding in us. Uh, and so um, prayer must be according to God's will. It, it, we just don't pray willy-nilly, you know, Lord, give me the man's husband across the street. You know, you've got to abide in the will of God. You've got to abide in him. And if you abide in him, then your desire is pure. And so if you have a pure desire, of course, God is going to answer your prayer, and he's going to do what you ask him for. So prayer must be according to God's will, all right? Um, based on what we've, what we've read here, uh, I have a question. What should you not pray for? Or what can you not pray for? What, what is it that you should not pray for? Because basically we have this positive thinking that we can ask and do whatever we want. All we've got to do is think positively, and God is with us, and he'll give us the desires of our heart and all of those kinds of things. But there are really guidelines to abiding in Christ, okay? So what should you not pray for? I'm thinking anything that would. Go ahead. I don't think you should pray for anything that's going to hurt anyone. All right, because that's not the will of God. But, you know, uh, I do think now, I think you probably have to tailor this a little bit because sometimes we need to pray for some people to get a little spanking. Yeah, but. The spanking isn't necessarily to hurt them. The spanking is just like the rod to guide. That's where Absolutely. I said the hurt. I, I would say more or less to sum it up, anything that you're praying against that is against the Ten Commandments, because the Ten Commandments would be considered what the law is, and the law is would be the will of God. So if it's anything against whatever the Ten Commandments are, then you wouldn't expect that to be something that would be a prayer that would be answered. Okay, now I think that is a very good guideline, but we have to be careful because when Jesus came, he said that he came, that the, the law and the Ten Commandments were fulfilled in the two laws, and that was to love God with all of your heart and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And do, right. and you remember, yes, and do you remember when Jesus was walking and he was healing on the Sabbath day, and according right. to the law, he was breaking the law. You understand? And so when we are, it, that's a good guideline to go by, but basically we need to understand that the spirit of God in us leads us, you know, and the, the, the laws of God are written upon the tablets of our heart. And if it offends me, you know, the scripture says, if you do unto others, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Now, I think that is a great guideline. Well, when, when you say the law, when, when I said the law, yes, I guess I should have been more specific. 
and in the law, what I was, what I'm in, in congruence with what you were saying, it goes right back to the verse that we just read by if we, if, if we're in the vine. And yes, and though Jesus came to fulfill the law, right, he actually was the law. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if we abide in Christ and he abides in us, then we can ask whatever we will. I think that was a very good point. We don't pray for stuff that will hurt people. You know, just get angry, just get angry, and then go to the root worker and then pray that, you know, something happens to them. You know, that's not the will of God. And that also goes back to our lesson from last week requires forgiveness as well. Because we have to, in order to get that, we must have forgiveness in our hearts. So if, if you are asking and whatever you ask in his name, if you, if, if you have unforgiveness, then you're not in the vine. Absolutely. A absolutely. And that goes back to the um to the um the point that uh godly that sister Natalie was making that that if you find that your brother has alt against you, then um you need to leave your gift at the altar and go back. Matthew's the fifth chapter and the twenty fourth verse. Let let's let's turn to that. Okay, um, somebody read uh, the 23rd chapter, 23rd verse. Therefore, if thou bring thy guilt gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath ought against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. Absolutely. So that's basically, you know, if, if you have unforgiveness, if there's a quarrel between you and your brother and you're trying to uh, pray and ask God for something, the, 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 the key to this is being in harmony with your brother. The key to it is being in harmony with your brother because it says, if thou bring thy gift to the altar and remember that thy brother hath of aught against thee, has is offended by thee, then leave your gift, stop what you're doing, stop praying, and go thy work, thy way, and first be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. Then come back to the altar and offer your gift of praise and your gift of sacrifice, you know. So, yes, I agree with you totally that, that, that we don't want to do our brother any harm. And it goes back to what we were saying about unforgiveness last week. Uh, forgiveness is vital to prayer. It is vital to prayer. And especially, and I don't want to say especially, I'm only saying especially because I'm married, but, but especially to married couples, 
it's important that you forgive one another because your prayers will be hindered. If you are squabbling and carrying on uh, and, and not speaking, then um, your prayers are hindered. God, God really can't hear you. So here it's saying if you remember that your wife is mad at you, then he said don't even come to the altar. Leave your gift at the altar and then come back and offer your gift, then come back, okay? First Peter and the third chapter and the seventh verse says, likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor to, unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. And so what's happening is he says that you've got to deal with one another according to knowledge that your prayers be not hindered. So here we find that your prayers can be hindered. You could be fasting and praying, okay? But if you've got a squabble or if your neighbor has an ought against you, uh, your prayers are being hindered, okay? So your prayer must be according to God's will. And God's will is that we live in harmony with one another. Okay? Okay, so the question is, what is it that we cannot pray for? And so we understand that, well, somebody else, what is it that we cannot pray for or should not pray for? I think you shouldn't pray for anything that, well, first of all, you already said, like, if you got a squabble going on and it's not just your neighbor, your brother, wife, it's everybody, anybody got an issue, your child, whomever, you know you're not even supposed to be touching the altar until you try to rectify that situation. Absolutely. And I, I think that also you shouldn't be going into prayer praying for somebody else to get something right that you can't yourself get right. That's kind of uh, artificial, not authentic. Absolutely. It is authentic. You've got to become what you're looking for in others. If you're looking for somebody to be perfect, then you need to become perfect. Yeah. You know, and so, yeah, and so before you want something for somebody else, then you need to become that yourself. Absolutely. Very good. So, so we, we've, got to, we've got to live in harmony with one another. God, God does not want us to come to him and then, like we were saying, covering up unforgiveness. We can, you know, what used to really get me is that sometimes in church, uh, and especially, and I don't want to say especially, but in the background that I came up in, in the sanctified church where we be shouting and praising God and hallelujah, but one of the saints of God will act like they've got an up on me, and they're mad with me, and they're praising God, you know. And you're just being a phony. You're just being a hypocrite because you know you have offended me and you're praising God like you're all wonderful and, and God has anointed you and God has blessed you. You are just spitting in the wind. Okay, so anybody else? Oh, I totally agree with that. I watch, watch that all the time and it's actually um, quite... It actually is a turnoff to people who are coming into the church. It is actually a hindrance to people who come in church where people who do certain things like they just behave 
a certain way. They're not acting in the fruits of the spirit. They're not um, showing fruit. Which, you know, a fruit is a character. They're not showing characteristic traits, godly characteristic traits, and then get up and and and, and want or expect, you know, try to act like they are there, they have arrived, and then expect others to arrive with them or act like they are holier than them. I, that's a turnoff to, that's a turnoff to, you know, the sinners. That's a turn, it's a turnoff to even believers, you know. It's, it's just a, it hinders your, it hinders your brother, it hinders your neighbor from even going in. It, it's future. I've seen it happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. And anybody else? Okay, so we understand that, that, first of all, like we were saying last week, and as my brother said, as Brother Rhodes was saying, that unforgiveness really blocks your flow from God. And here we're hearing again that unforgiveness blocks your flow in prayer. There's no point in just praying over stuff. You know, you've got to really, if you want God to hear you, as we said on last week, that uh, the same measure that ye meet is the same measure that's going to be measured back to you again. If you want God to hear you and hear you fully and forgive you fully, then you need to hear your brother and consider your brother fully, okay? Because none of us can come before God as if, you know, we're wonderful and as if we have crossed, dotted all the I's and crossed all the T's. Uh, Is Brother Trayvon on the line? Okay, all right. All right, so so here we're. I wanted to ask him to to chime in, but I guess he's not on the line. Okay, so prayer must be according to God's will, and so uh, when we find that we are not uh, getting an answer from God, then we must realize that we've got to check what our motive is. Let's turn to James, the fourth chapter. And I really did not. I really did not mean to go through all of this. But it's okay. James, the fourth chapter. Okay. Uh, Somebody start reading from the first verse. James. James, the fourth chapter, starting from the first verse. Brother Rose, is that you? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at, I'm saying John, I'm, as you said, James. James, yeah. From, from whence come wars and fightings among you, come they, not hence, even of your lust, that war is in your members. Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war. Yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lust. Okay, here, here it's saying, wait, wait, wait. 
here it's saying that, you know, you know you're, you're anguished, you've got issues, and they come from the lust that war in your members. You lust and have not, you kill and desire to heal, have and cannot obtain. You know, you fight and you war and you have not because you ask not. And then he says you ask, although you ask, you receive not because you ask amiss, that you may consume it upon your lust. And so here it's saying that you are praying and you are asking, but you're not praying according to the spirit. You're praying according to your lustfulness, your lusty desires, uh, your lust for power. Sometimes we pray for uh, jobs and, and we don't get them. And sometimes it's because we're praying for lust. We're praying for power. We're praying not for the benefit or growth in our family or our finances, but it's power that we're looking, that we're, that we're actually looking for. And so we're praying to consume it upon our lust. And then sometimes we go into um, issues where uh, women and men, they pray for a certain wife or a certain husband, but not because they want a wife or because they want a husband, but because they're burning, okay? And you know, the scripture tells us that it's better to marry than to burn. And so Christ knows that you really don't want that or you're not really considering uh, the relationship of marriage. God knows that you're really lusting. And so he's saying you ask and receive not because you ask a mist that ye may consume it upon your lust. And lust is very broad. You know, it does not necessarily, uh, uh, it's not necessarily defined by sexual attraction or something like that, but it's, it, 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 it's, it's um, all I can say is that it's lusty. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's something that you desire, you know, like, like gluttony. You know, sometimes some people, I've been around people. Now, I like to eat. I have to admit I like to eat. But I've been around people who really like to eat, and all they're thinking about is food and the taste of food and how, you know, just food, food, food. And so they're lusting after food. All right, continue. Ye adulterers and adulteress, know ye that not the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. So hold on. So here he's saying that, you know what, your worldview, if you are really like, like Peter had a worldview of not eating meat and things of that nature, but he did not know that he was not the friend of God. Okay, that was the view of the world. And so he says that, if you are friends with the world, if, you, if your assessment lines up with the world's view, you are not the friend of God. And that's why it's important for us, like my brother was saying, that we put on our armor to meet the world every day. But that's what God is asking us for. He's asking us to take on a new identity, okay? Because if you are friends with the world, you are the enemy of God. All right, continue. Do you think that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? But he giveth more grace, 
Wherefore he says, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted Amen. and mo- Okay, no, no, that's good. That's good. All right. Okay. So here, yeah, so here he's saying that you pray, but you don't receive because you're, you're praying with the wrong motive, the wrong motivation. Your desire is out of line, out of sync with God. You are not abiding in him, and he is not abiding in you. You really are abiding in the world and have a worldview. And so he's saying that I don't answer that kind of prayer. And so, beloved, it's just about time for us to be done. So I'm going to um, end with a question, and we're just going to kind of throw this question about. We're not going to give the answer. We don't know the answer. But the question is, have you ever pondered the will of God? What actually is his will? All the time. All right. All the yes. time. You, you, you wonder, what, what is it you want me to do? What, what is it that you're asking me to do because you can't see it? And I, when I'm listening to you say, you know, there's, there's places I got to go or there's places where we should go to, to find out what he's saying. And that made, when you take that armor off to find out where that place is, where God speaks to you. Is it in prayer or, you know, you, you know all the time? Absolutely. So next week, next week we're going to uh, discover some of the things that helps us to know the will of God because, and I'm glad that you said that, we have to find out who we are and take off our armor before God and find out what his will is for us individually. We want to find God in our experience. And um, as I was sharing with one of the saints on last week, you know, sometimes we can give our personal testimony and we want to apply it to the other person's life. But your experience and my experience is totally different, okay? The way I interpret and the, what I see and the way I view things is totally different from you, even though we may have the same experience. You know, I want God in my experience. And so next week we're going to pick up on eight keys to knowing God's will, okay? We want to know what the will of God is for our life. And so you have your lesson sheet there. So study that next week, and then next week you can come back and tell me what you think you know about God's will for your life. Oh, I'm All sorry. Right? You said, yeah, I'm sorry. You said that the stuff we we're going to talk about next week was eight keys. I've got uh-huh, uh, so no tapping into the power tapping into the power of God. Is that is that is that in this lesson? I mean it's gonna be are you gonna send something else? No, 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 it's in this lesson. Don't you have it on your sheet? Let me see. Just... Wait a minute. It's on the sheet. It's... Oh is it okay, good. Eight keys. Somebody read back to me what Okay, you're I did. Yeah, I get it. it. Yeah, I, I got it. I do have it. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah. So study that. 
and, and, and next week come back and tell me what you think you know about um, the, the God's will and how you determine what the will of God is for your life. Let me see what you have. Uh, eight keys, prayer. Okay, eight keys. Okay, yeah, yeah. So you just read these eight keys and then come back. We'll come back next week and you guys will teach me, all right? You guys will teach the lesson yourself, okay? All right. Eight, eight keys to knowing God's will. All right, because it is really difficult to know what the will of God is, and sometimes we're looking for specific direction, but God has given us the power to direct and order and to orchestrate our lives. But um, we have a guidebook in terms of how we move and live and have our being. And so as long as we are abiding in God's will and he is abiding in us, we can be assured that we are walking in his will. And I, don't, I really don't, well, we'll come back to that next week. All right, somebody pray us out tonight. And beloved, thank you for coming on the line. Uh, thank you for joining in the Bible study. Thank you for your consistency. It's a pleasure to see you on the line. And as a matter of fact, I can't see everybody on the line anymore. I think uh, Elder Burden is up. Are you seeing everybody on the line, Elder Burden? Yes, ma'am. <clears throat> Our okay. phone numbers, I, I, that's it. But, um, yeah, we got one, two, three, four, five. We have five people on the line. Five people? Yes. I think I count more than that because that's what I show, but there are voices that I hear that's not showing up. All right. I think that there's a problem with both you and I coming in, so I might have to back out so that you can get the full report. Okay. Okay, you guys don't want you guys don't want to hear about all of that. <laughs> all right, somebody pray us out. Somebody pray us out tonight. Sister Wanima? Deacon McClendon, you pray us out tonight. Because I don't see you Father, up here. Father God, in the name of Jesus God, we just thank you for this opportunity and this time um to study your word, oh God. I was just pray right now that you would uh, let it sink into our, our hearts and minds, oh God. And God, we just pray right now that we can uh, um, become something that we've never been before, oh God. We pray right now for the teacher, oh God. We thank you for her um, consistency, oh God. We thank you for her just taking out our time out of her schedule to do this for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 All right. Grace and peace, beloved. We'll see you guys next week. All right. Grace and peace. Grace and peace. Grace and peace. Yeah, I didn't yeah, see I you, Deacon. See. I didn't see you up there. I didn't see you, uh, uh, Elder Moats. I see you now. All righty. Okay. Grace and peace. Until next time. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.